Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Well, happy uh, happy Trump Day. I'm, I'm sorry, Hump Day. Trump, Hump, Trump Day. Hope you're having a good week. My name's Ken Matthews in a uh, secret location somewhere in Florida where, where the governor is trying to get your kids back to school and get you back to work. Not the case in several other states including Michigan and California. We have an update on that. Thrilled that you're tuning in to the Rush Limbaugh Show today. 800-282-2882. So much has happened just in the last three hours, and that's usually the case. We have developments uh, from Planned Parenthood to the Chinese consulate in Houston. Now, something that happened there, which is truly amazing, uh, and it was called just a moment ago by... Senator Marco Rubio and others, a massive spy center. Now, if you're not familiar with what happened yesterday, the Chinese consulate was shut down and the people were asked to leave by the Trump administration. Now, we have consulates in various cities and region. You know, we have embassies in Washington. We have consulates in various cities around our country. And keep in mind, keep in mind that Houston is a technological it is a space you know houston we have a problem well we really do have one today but houston is a big place for manufacturing for tech it's very populated and uh over the years it keeps moving to the left and uh it's just very interesting that many people now like senator rubio are saying this is long overdue We need to close this. So the U.S. directed it. The Chinese government said this morning, just before the Rush Limbaugh show, that they had been instructed to do so without warning. You see, this is this is the problem with eight years of Obamianism. For eight years, our enemies got to dictate. The program, they got to dictate the format. 
China, you don't dictate when we close things and when we do tariffs and how we do trade. That it's no, it isn't. It doesn't work that way. But they got spoiled from 2009 to 2016. They got spoiled. They got so used to. Well, you know, Obama's not going to make it. He's just going to. It's going to draw a line in the sand with his finger or maybe maybe his pinky. So anyway, we'll see what happens there. Now, the latest report, this is an hour old. The Chinese are shredding and destroying all kinds of documentation. What do you think that's all about? Now, you may have heard yesterday, last night, I don't know if you saw, both China and Russia now accused of trying to hack vaccine technology. Isn't that interesting? Don't forget the Chinese flu. That's something else. Remember remember when all the news media people were told, don't call it the Wuhan flu, don't call it the Chinese flu. It's very offensive, even though it's from Wuhan. And don't say it was modified, even though it was. And don't say it started. It didn't start with bats, even though it didn't start with bats. See, initially, that flu couldn't even go human to human. It had to be modified. But that's for another day. Let's go back to the Chinese spies in Houston. And they're not just in Houston. So what consulates do, especially if they are of countries of a non-friendly nature, not necessarily an enemy status, because we're certainly not at war with them, but not an ally, they get these consulates. And then they, they count on people like the John Kerry's and the Joe Biden's and the Hillary's and Bill, a Bill and oh my gosh, that's a whole show right there. Bill Clinton and Al Gore and the the Chinese love fest. But they count on people like Obama softening up their image. So people in Houston and other now liberal cities go, oh, this is so great. This is so this is so international. I love that we have Chinese people. I saw someone from the consulate at the high school. They want to destroy us. That would be me. See, I, I would drive by and I would yell that. It would be very unprofessional and I'd probably get called to HR. But that's what I would say. So that's the update there. Now, we also have a lot of stuff going on today. And I, I was talking to Bo sternly about this earlier. And I said, this just ticks me off because I have actually defended Starbucks on more than one occasion. Remember, I, I can't remember. Starbucks... The CEO of Starbucks sticks his nose into every social justice grandstanding opportunity. That's just my humble opinion. And I was tolerating and intolerating it. And uh, from time to time, I, I, I've had the pleasure to go into New York for various reasons, among them guest hosting for Mr. Limbaugh. And there's some very nice Starbucks in that neighborhood. And they're all very pleasant people and very professional. And, and I said, look, I don't want to penalize. This was me as a consumer. I don't want to penalize a bunch of... Uh, young men and women that are doing a good job, and it's a it's a decent product. Yeah, it's you know, it's costly, but you know if you if you're getting a six hundred dollar coffee, you charge it to the company. But now, I've drawn the line. Now I'm like, I see this story: the former employee of Starbucks in Park Ridge, New Jersey, arrested and charged Monday after spitting in drinks ordered by cops. So now I'm done. You see what? what <laughs> You know, if you wanted to play games like, well, Trump is a big meanie and we're going to make our chairs out of green energy, whatever, that's fine. We're going to grow our our coffee beans in, you know, some carbon free environment. But once you spit at the cop's drink, what is your problem? 
Now, they fired the guy, 21 years old. But who does that? Think about that. Do you see what we're up against? Now, I'm not just talking about so what if someone spit in someone's coffee. That's a big deal. But this is the mentality of an entire generation. They've been blessed by the left. They've been blessed by socialists to behave this way. And, it, and, and it's come out. It's come out through everybody's communication, whether it's Maxine Waters or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or that moron, uh, the heck is his name, Schumer, Chuck Schumer. Yeah, they've, with a wink and a nod, no one stops this. Why isn't anybody saying, what is your problem? You're a 21-year-old man. What possessed you to hurt your company, hurt your fellow employees, and spit in a cop's drink? This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with something that's very dangerous. It's the combination of people that are, they haven't grown up yet. They're juveniles. They're trapped in adult bodies, and this goes for a lot of them in Congress. And so you've got this childlike tantrum vibe going on, you know? It's kind of like you beat the heck out of a team fair and square, and then after the game, you go out and all your your team's cars are keyed. This is the Democrat Party of 2020 but it's dangerous because one guy will spit in your coffee and the next guy like those two attorneys in new york they'll firebomb your police car this is what we're dealing with so i'm i'm done sorry i i'm not asking you to do anything i'm just telling you i was so supportive and when i supported starbucks people would call me i would get emails on russia sometimes very polite, but why are you why are you still going to Starbucks? Or I would on my own show in Pennsylvania in Harrisburg. Said why are you I, because to me it's a bunch of hardworking people. The majority of them are, and it's a good product, and it's a it's an American company. And but the spitting and the police thing, it's just like that happened recently at the fast food place. I forgot the name. I don't want to mention the wrong one, but it was it happened at a couple different fast food locations. I'm thinking what are you doing get rid of the employees that are not using their brains because they're going to destroy your brand and coming up later today i am so excited about this larry elder i've never had the pleasure and the honor of talking to him i'll be interviewing uh, mr elder later in the show he has a new movie out which i saw the day it premiered uncle tom you can find the information at UncleTom.com. you may remember me discussing it a few weeks ago on, on this show, Uncle Tom, is a, it's a beautiful film. It is a film the whole family can watch, the whole family can learn and enjoy. And, and I said before, and I'll tell El, uh, Mr. Elder this, uh, UncleTom.com should be must viewing for college, middle school, and high school students. It is a, a beautiful film. Uh, about America and black history and the entire cast, people of color. That's why it's a must-see. So Mr. Elder will be talking about that. And then we have your great calls, which I'm certainly looking forward to, 800-282-2882. We have an update in Portland. Do you know it's 55 days now? 55 days in a row in Portland, Oregon, rioting. And what else did they have? They had not uh, violence, rioting, and, yeah, crime up. And 55 nights in a row, it's been the violence and the rioting. And every single day, that whiny mayor and that whiny governor are whiny. And they're still whining about it. Somebody needs to ask the people in Portland, Oregon, how many buildings 
and police vehicles and statues and flags. What part or what else in your city has to be destroyed before you decide law and order is more important than destroying Donald Trump? And then last but not least, I'm just kind of setting the table, as Rush would say. Last but not least, a mass shooting in Chicago. It's horrific. Happened in the last 18 hours, I think. Now, I just got an update an hour ago. Uh, I think it was from CBS. and No, I'm sorry, NBC, Chicago. 15 wounded in a Chicago funeral shooting. This is a mass shooting event. Uh, I think 17 people were involved, but we have 15 wounded, okay? Nobody's covering the details. We're going to try to get to the details. I think they're not covering the details because it's not politically correct. I think when a mass shooting happens, people get together in newsrooms around the country, and they they go through all the different things. Okay, how can this, uh, can we hurt the NRA with this? No? All right, what about Trump? Can we hurt Trump? No. Hmm. What about, what about, I think that's what happens. I mean, I've seen it happen. I know it doesn't happen in every newsroom, but why aren't we getting the detail? They have a person in custody. If the person they had in custody, well, I don't even want to go down that road. I'm making an assumption, and I'll, I will prove it by the end of the show. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right now, everybody has a narrative. They all have to play games. We all have to be politically, well, we don't, but and you don't, but... News media has to be politically correct. So all that and your calls are coming up next on the Rush Limbaugh Show. It's the EIB Network, the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name is Ken Matthews, guest hosting for Mr. Limbaugh today. Planning to be back uh, before the end of the week. If he's not back tomorrow, uh, Todd Herman will be in from Seattle. Now, there's a stable city. There's a there's the uh, that's the Portland of tomorrow or is portland the seattle of tomorrow or is newark the new yorker tomorrow i don't know all i know is every time a bunch of progressive liberals get a hold of a city for anywhere from 30 to 70 years it it's not good for anyone 800-282-2882 all right i want you to i i was so disgusted and this happens more than once actually more than often uh by nancy pelosi's comments yesterday uh first i want to go to nancy pelosi you know she's the speaker of the house the teeth are loose uh she should have retired 20 years ago i want to go to what she said exactly five months ago today and then we'll go to what she said yesterday and then you can look at each of them see this is something the news never does the news erases the timeline That's what the news media does now. They rewrite history, whether it's recent or five months or 50 years, to protect their candidate and to hurt yours or mine. And this is a wonderful example because this was Nancy Pelosi. And then she tightened up her teeth, so she sounded like Nancy Pelosi. She did this five months ago today. To try and get the word out that shoppers are safe. KPX 5's Andrea Barba, they're live right now. Andrea? 
Well, Alan and Veronica, we've been out here for a few weeks reporting on the downtick in business here in San Francisco's Chinatown, even around the time of Lunar New Year, when the streets around here should have been packed. They were relatively empty. Now, local business leaders are hoping that this injection of confidence from a national leader will bring tourists and locals alike back. The sidewalk of Grant Avenue in San Francisco's Chinatown hasn't been this packed in weeks. Flanked by Chinatown leaders Florence and John Fang, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi toured businesses and restaurants in the neighborhood. Our business is very, very honored. Shop owners say business is off by 75 to 80 percent because of fears over the coronavirus. Well, we've been hearing that before the visit, and that's why I thought it was urgent to make the visit. The owner of the Golden Gate Fortune Cookie Company, Kevin Chan, says the effect on the bottom line of his Ross Alley business is real. A couple hundred dollars a day, like five, six hundred dollars a day. That makes a big impact because... Even tourists noticed the unusual quiet in the neighborhood. This place is dead right now. I mean, you, you, every, every restaurant is empty. Um, every every shop is empty. There's no tourists walking around here. The speaker is urging people to come out again and not be afraid. Also to say to everyone, you should come to Chinatown. Precautions have been taken by our city. Uh, we know that there is a concern about tourism traveling all throughout the world, uh, but we think it's very safe to be in Chinatown and hope that others will come. There you go. Nancy Pelosi, on the 24th of February this year, five months ago today, Nancy Pelosi, not wearing a mask, no one wearing a mask, hugging people, selfieing with people, saying, come on, get to Chinatown. Now, you may remember that within 24 hours of President Donald Trump learning of the first American case that returned from China of the Wuhan virus. It was a gentleman in Chicago who returned on business. Within 24 hours of that, what did President Donald Trump do? And that was the last week of January, by the way. What did he do within 24 hours? He stopped the planes, the flights coming in from China. And what did Joe Biden do, along with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all the news media and my one neighbor? What did they all do? Oh, he's such a xenophobe. What is he trying to do? There's nothing to worry about. My gosh, masks, masks. Cooney's one of those. So imagine if the news media covered things like the Rush Limbaugh show did, where you, you got all the information then and now. Okay, here's Nancy Pelosi uh, yesterday. Hold on, let me find it. I don't want to hit the wrong button because uh, everything will explode. It'll burst into flame. Here we go. This is Nancy Pelosi five months later. And in fact, clearly, it is the Trump virus. Well, what do you mean when you say the Trump virus? The Trump virus. If they, if he had said uh, months ago, let's wear masks, let's not, let's socially distance instead of having rallies and political whatever they were, uh, then more people would have followed his lead. You see, do you and, see how it works? And this is now I know if you listen to Rush Limbaugh on a regular basis, first of all, thank you. But you know how it works. But there's so many people that don't understand that. This is why so many of us on the conservative side go crazy when we see and hear this stuff. When, when you see Fauci contradict himself four, five, six times in five months, when when you see the CDC change, change its guidance or its directive, when you see governors do the same thing. 
And Governor Wolf, uh, in my home state of Pennsylvania, is terrible with it. Oh, my gosh. He, he has an edict at 9 in the morning, and by 2 in the afternoon, someone showed him a survey or a poll, and he changes his mind. People start planning their lives based on wanting to obey the law, small business owners in particular. I mean, it was a true cluster when, it ver- when, it, when this thing first hit, as you know, maybe in your state, but, but Pennsylvania was a debacle, not as big as a Michigan debacle, but it was, it was very debacle-y. 800-282-2882. Still to come on the Rush Limbaugh Show, Hillary and Nancy Pelosi, they need to be held accountable and questioned for all the wonderful things they said about the late Margaret Sanger. We'll talk about that coming up. Happy Trump Day to you. Hope your week is going well. 800-282-2882. My name's Ken. Thrilled that you're tuning in. We have uh, the calls are stacking up and there's so much going on. And before I forget, I want to hit this headline and we'll break it open a little bit later. Uh, The Trump administration just secured up to 600 million coronavirus vaccine doses with Pfizer. And according to the Daily Wire, they will be free to Americans. So I will will figure out what that's all about. And um, if Bill Gates will be coming by the house to make sure we we use the vaccine. Or of course, he I don't know. I get he's still going to get rich whether we use it or not. Gates. 800-282-2882. Before the break, I talked about how Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi, they owe a lot of people an apology. And here's why. For years, many of us, probably yourself, we were aware of the background of Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger. And now it's starting to bubble over. And thank God it is. And I think a lot of the reasons it is is because President Donald Trump is president. I think he has opened the floodgates of the truth on a lot of things that people just swept under the rug. And the news media embraced it. A lot of Democrats ignored it. But, you know, Margaret Sanger was racist. She was uh, not the most pleasant woman, but she was a racist uh, she wanted to use eugenics. She was the foremost proponent of eugenics. And uh, she even received a lovely note from Adolf Hitler wanting to talk more about her technique. Nobody talks about this. But they have those Planned Parenthood bumper stickers. This is from Karen Seltzer, the chair of New York Planned Parenthood affiliate, one of them, okay? Listen to this. And I'm quoting her. She's with the Planned Parenthood New York affiliate. The removal of Margaret Sanger's name from our building is both a necessary and overdue step to reckon with our legacy and acknowledge Planned Parenthood contributions to historical reproductive harm within communities of color. Now, uh, Karen, you probably knew this for decades. I don't know how old you are. But we all did. Why now? I'll tell you why now. Because the Democrats wanted to kick up every pebble and stone and piece of dirt they can find on anyone, anywhere, anytime, because they're terrified Trump is going to get reelected. And little did they know, it's going to come back and dump truck loads on them. On them. That's where it's going to end up. It's kind of like you want to go down the Epstein Road as an example? 
bring it. Publish everyone that was on the Epstein plane. You have the list, NBC, CBS, CNN. Why don't you publish it? Oh, that's why. You see? You start out, you go down this rabbit hole. We're going to get Trump. 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 And what happens? There's nothing to get Trump with. And then you keep circling back around to yourself. Here's what Alexandra DeSantis wrote. I wonder whether these crusaders, and she's talking about Planned Parenthood marchers and crusaders. I wonder whether these crusaders will train their gaze on one of our nation's more serious offenders of racial equality. Who can that be? Who can that be? I bet you it's Donald Trump. No. It's the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. Alexander goes on to say this. She was, after all, a foremost proponent of the eugenics movement, motivated by her particular animus toward poor non-whites. She just didn't like people of color. And her campaign, she had a campaign to legalize birth control, was motivated in large part to prevent, and I'm quoting Margaret Sanger here, unfit and feeble-minded non-whites from reproducing. The founder of Planned Parenthood. And don't forget, Hillary got that Margaret Sanger Award. Yes, indeed. It's in her office. Probably not now. Probably fell behind her uh, computer thing in the bathroom there. Here's what Katie Pavlich wrote from National Review. Slavery in America ended. Planned Parenthood's racist and eugenic mission led by Margaret Sanger continues every day. Planned Parenthood ends black lives, which was her goal. And Planned Parenthood does this every day. This is simply a way to continue the cover-up while carrying out her evil goals. And I'll wrap up with this. If you do the research, you'll see that Donald Trump is the most pro-life president, but based on the last three years of policy, he is also the most supportive president of any in the last 20 years for communities of color, both economically and socially. The problem is... Nobody wants to read anything except Snopes, and Snopes is for dopes. Do you hear that, Don Lemon? You've got to stop building your newscast using Snopes. Let's grab a phone call or two on the Rush Limbaugh Show. 800-282-2882. Jonathan, East Texas. Welcome to the EIB Network. Hi, how you doing? I'm feeling good all under, sir. Welcome. Great, great. Hey, um, I was wanting to say that as far as Trump goes, um, I'm, I'm a Trump fan. I support him, um, but I think he needs to do more as far as the federal involvement with these liberal cities that are going out of control. Um, I, I think I definitely support the federal troops, but I think he needs to go deeper into it and start maybe even arresting those who are supporting the anarchy from the top down, such as the mayors and the senators and the governors and everybody else that are just letting these people go crazy because I, I would imagine jonathan there's a lot of people that feel that way the, the problem is that i see is a constitutional one i just don't know how how far the how much power the president can use constitutionally i think he's within his constitutional power now but it's you know it's a slippery slope when you start going after people that support something based on you have to really have a line. What does it mean to support something? You know, 
Yeah. But I yeah, I hear what you're I, saying. Yeah. Go I ahead. I think that if you're if you're standing there watching people destroy federal property and protecting them, that you would be part of what would that be called inciting a riot or something? I would you agree. Know, it would be part of it. It would definitely be. Uh, I it probably would be some type of misdemeanor of not taking action. But I don't know the federal law on that. But one thing we agree with wholeheartedly on. I think if you can show proof that a governor or a uh, city council leaders or mayors told law enforcement to stand down and that resulted in injury or damage, then you have them. And that has been happening. We've heard that in several cases. Thank, thank you for calling, Jonathan. I appreciate it. But that has happened, and we've seen that. We saw that in Baltimore with the Baltimore riots. When when the mayor, and, and she lost her job over it, but I think she got a, a pretty lucrative career. Usually when you lose your job as a Democrat because you're incompetent or just an outright leftist, you usually get a lucrative job in the socialist community somewhere. I don't know where uh, I don't know where she's working, but I think she did land on her feet. This was the mayor that said, get out of the way, let them riot. It's just the form of protest. Just let it let it kind of burn itself out. And something I never understood about the rioting, especially in communities of color or economically uh, depressed communities around the country, I never understood why you would get rid of the pharmacy when your family might need the medication or why you get rid of the the Burger King or the Wendy's when your cousin or you yourself might work there. I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense unless you can convince Joe Biden to blame it on Trump and then run on it. Still to come, George Will. Who knew he was a closet globalist? Well, a lot of us did, and and we talked about it in 2016. We saw this when a lot of high-profile name conservatives, people that you hear and you go, oh, yeah, he's conservative. And as you know, and I don't know if you heard this, but George Will announced on, uh, I know he, he mentioned it, I think he mentioned it on that, who's that hack on NBC that's always whining and then when the, when the microphone's off, he has temper tantrums. Lawrence O'Donnell. That's it. Larry O'Donnell. He was on Larry O'Donnell's show, I think. And George Will said, I am going to vote for Joe Biden. So George Will, the recognized conservative columnist, is now going to vote for a leftist puppet. But keep in mind, in 2016, he also wussed out and said he would not be voting for Donald Trump. And he left the Republican Party. He said, "If this is his quote from the Washington Post in 2016, and I love mentioning highly paid, overrated columnists when they get their quotes wrong. I love mentioning that Karl Rove was wrong in 2012 on Romney. He was wrong in 2016 on Clinton. And then he got a raise and they rehired him at Fox. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to do it. So here's what George Will said. If Trump is nominated, Republicans working to purge him and his manner from public life will reap the considerable satisfaction of preserving the identity of their 162-year-old party while working to see that they forego only four years of the enjoyment of executive power. Now, we really don't know what that means because George Will is smarter than most of us. But 
it's nice to see that so many fake conservatives are terrified of President Donald Trump. We'll be right back. Don't forget about RushLimbaugh.com. And when you go to RushLimbaugh.com, there's, well, it's, it's a wonderful, magical place. I want you to go there and sign up for all kinds of stuff and buy a bunch of stuff like I did. No, seriously, I just got my dad uh, the new mug, which is awesome. And in the bottom, it's like it's like baked in the Made in USA on the, the new Limbaugh Institute mug. It is delish. So I got him that for his 81st birthday, and he loves it. In fact, maybe I'll put a picture on my uh, Facebook page, at Ken Matthews, and you can see the quality of it. And, it. and it's quality. That's something else I love about RushLimbaugh.com. Well, everything's quality, the content, everything. But the stuff... The hats and everything. And then, unrelated to the website, I also got him a big mug of President Trump and Melania on a Harley Davidson with a big American flag. And that's America right there. I'm telling you, that is a, that's an awesome mug. And Melania's on the back of the motorcycle. Oh, when I was coming down from, uh, I drove down from Pennsylvania. I took 95 the whole way. I passed so many bikers and i just want to say the women on the back of those bikes the love you have for your man the trust i mean i'm doing 70 there's there's bikers passing and the women are just sitting there in their shorts and looking around in their sunglasses and one woman has an arm and she's or one she's holding just loosely She's holding on to her man, and she's waving to the other motorcycles. I'm, whoa, holy moly. And it's too big of a machine for me. I would crash it. Anything with two wheels, I wreck, even a mountain bike. But God bless you, man. And thanks for bikers. Check out Bikers for Trump, too. There's a little free plug for you. 800-282-2882. The phones are stacking up. We have a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, a mass shooting in Chicago. Now confirmed 15 wounded. But the news media is still a little uneasy about how to talk about who did what and why because they have to get their they got to get their script before they build the narrative. Did you see this Michigan teacher? He was fired for writing Trump is president. Now, have you ever heard someone say this? And, and I have. And I used to hear it a lot with Obama. And I understood the aspect of it. The the angle when people would say, look, President Obama is our president. And, you know, kind of like. There's a certain line. I don't always agree with it necessarily, but it does make sense on certain things. So here's a teacher who went on line and he said, Trump is our president. And uh, he lost his job over it because he was he was happy that President Trump was encouraging children to go back to school. And he lost his job because. The Michigan school fired him. He's a popular teacher for saying Trump is our president. The school district fired him and because it went viral on social media. But I just found it interesting for what the left is willing to persecute you for. It, he didn't say anything divisive. He didn't say anything threatening. It wasn't vulgar. It wasn't it. He said Trump is Trump is our president. He went on to say, uh, I know a lot of people are just rooting for Trump to fail, And I don't think that anybody should do that. Agree with him or not, you should want the president to do well. I apologized that my tweet brought so much negative attention, and I'm sorry for what I said. And sadly, the 
apology is not going to help him. But think about that. Why would a teacher get fired for saying that? This is this is where we are. This is at the state of our discourse and our political evolution right now, just months from probably the biggest reelection in history. The number is 800-282-2882. Mike, let me ask you real quickly, uh, our New York sound wizard. Do I have time to do that uh, sound piece I was going to play, or do you want to wait? Okay, we're going to wait. I'm going to wait. I took my, in my earpiece. I, want, I don't want to start it and then throw off the entire format. Um, we will have an update coming up on Portland, Oregon, 55 nights of violence and rioting, and the mayor is still saying... Well, Trump better not show up and try to make things better. Now, there's been federal agents constitutionally deployed there since July 4th. The problem is they're not getting enough support from people that are running Portland, Oregon. More on that coming up. No, I was just saying that the the, the women on the back of the motorcycles, when I saw these uh, bikers, these motorcycle clubs and stuff on 95 when I was coming down to Florida to the secret uh, studio location. They look so, well, obviously they must love that guy and trust him because they're on a giant rocket. And and that would be the only way, I better not say this because my dad won't even talk to me tonight. I was going to say the only reason, I, the only way I'm going on a Harley is if someone knows how to drive it and I'm in the back and I'm chilling. And it, see, I should have never said that. I should have never said that. I'm never going to live that down. My brother's going to have a problem with that, too. But I'm not, I'm not messing with the Harley. It's just too, too giant of a machine. And, and ladies, you, you like those men that are driving those Harleys because that's the way to travel. I thought about that when I was driving down. I said, man, I'd like to be on the back of a Harley right now. That would be cool. I'm just chilling, taking notes for the Limbaugh show. 800-282-2882 is the number. And don't forget, the big story in Houston today Houston, we do have a problem. The Chinese have been spying there for decades. Well, not full, I I think, what, 20-something? I forget the consulate when it first went up there. There's been some changes to it. But the consulate is one of the more effective tools for non-ally countries, not necessarily enemies, but not necessarily allies, to show up in places like Miami or New York, and spy on us. President Trump announcing plans for 100 federal officers to support Chicago law enforcement as the violence surges in Chicago. I know you might be saying, well, weren't you just talking about Portland and Seattle and St. Louis and Minneapolis and San Diego? Yeah, it's, it's, it's happening in all the blue cities. It's very well coordinated. There is a method to the madness. And thank God there's an adult in the room. His name is Donald J. Trump. That right there should tell you how bad off the Democrat Party leadership has become when Donald Trump shows up and he is the adult in the room. And I find him very entertaining, I might add. I think he's a great president, but I'm also, I think he's a very entertaining guy when he gets on a roll. But he takes your security and our security and the success of our country seriously. And he does it by action. 100 federal troops, not troops excusing, that was my mistake, federal officers heading to support uh, the law enforcement in Chicago. Now, you may remember on Friday the attack, Ken Cuccinelli from the Department of Homeland Security on the show yesterday, 
he was talking about that, that there's all these different tactics they use. One of the tactics is they have umbrellas. They open up umbrellas and they launch projectiles, bricks, bottles, firecrackers, glass bottles. Uh, I'm looking at some pictures now. Looks like they're throwing firebombs here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, but but if you have the umbrella, you, you don't get on the security video. and No one can identify you. So from afar, it just looks like a sea of umbrellas. And things are being launched through the openings between the, the people. So that was happening in Chicago. Now, when you think about how frustrating must it be to be a police officer in 2020 in a city run by people that dislike America, hate the president, hate cops. Think about it. Talk about no support. Mayor Lightfoot, you should be embarrassed. I get it. You don't like Trump. But do you dislike Trump more than you like the people you were sworn to protect and support? Do you dislike Trump so much that you're willing to let your city implode just to move the political polling or the political election process in a few months. Think about what these mayors and these governors are willing to do. I'm watching cops get hit in the head with bricks in Chicago, and they're outnumbered, and they're not allowed to fight back at the level they've been trained or with the tools they've been issued. That's why so many police are retiring. Over 600 in New York City retiring early. Think about that. Here's your here's your tool belt. You have everything from the, uh, and I'm going to spell it out because the last time I said it, somebody thought I said ass baton, but it's not. It's an ASP, ass baton. So you've got a baton, you've got a taser, Maybe you have another type of uh, device that you can use. And then, obviously, your gun. You've got all these tools at your disposal. and But your mayor or your police chief or your town council, wherever you are in, in the blue regions of the country, you're not allowed to use it. You just have to stand there. And I actually heard, and I wish I could find this audio. Gosh, I wish I could find it. Maybe someone will find it. Uh, Something to the effect of, I don't know what the cops are complaining about. They have helmets and pads. And I was like, are you out of your mind? I tell you what we'll do. We'll put you in a riot helmet and some pads. Meaning, yeah, that's what we should do. We should take some Congress people that are anti-cop and put them out on the line and let 40 or 50 people have at them with stones and rocks. Just for fun. Just for fun. All just a learning experience. 800-282-2882. Speaking about uh, fun, you you know, yesterday, Joe Biden made his second prepackaged teleprompted uh, speech that he answered no questions with. But today we caught some real truth from Joe Biden. Uh, they were talking about who's going to be Joe Biden's VP pick. Now, the rumor is it's going to be the Native American gal, um, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Yes. In fact, earlier this week, she was seen in her teepee. I don't know where she is now. Oh, my gosh, that's politically incorrect. Here's the audio. 
That is just being finished. I'm having a two-hour uh, um, vetting report from the from the lawyers and women, women and men of color, as as well as white uh, folks who are doing the vetting. Um, and uh, when I get all the vetting done of all the candidates, then I'm going to narrow the the uh, uh, the uh, the list. Hi. What? What the heck are you doing? Man, we told you, we told the communications director over at the Biden campaign, don't let them off the teleprompter. But at least, hey, hey, this is a big step for Joe. People are laughing in my earpiece. This is a big step for Joe. At least he mentioned white people. That's a big step for him. He, he, think about that. Think about how diverse Joe Biden is in the selection process. He actually mentioned that there are some white people on his list. So he stopped pandering for one day, but then he was off the teleprompter. Speaking of this, oh, we got we got to go back to Starbucks for a second. We had a great caller call in some information and then the Rush Limbaugh EIB team, the best in the business business period, hands down got the information for me and confirmed it. Remember we were talking about the guy that got fired from Starbucks because he spit in the cop's coffee. And I think he was a too, wasn't he? I think he was charged with something. And I couldn't get over, I don't understand that behavior. Most Americans, most people were not raised that way. Beyond being petty, it's also dangerous and disgusting and unsanitary, especially now. Think about what's going on now with the pandemic. Anyway, did you know that Jesse Jackson did the same thing and enjoyed it? Now, when I first heard that, I was like, but then Mojo got the information for me. In 1972, in the New York Times, I'm going to read the section about Jesse Jackson. As a young man working as a waiter at the Jack Tar Hotel in Greenville, South Carolina, He said whenever whites did not tip him, he would spit into their soup or salad before he brought it to the table and watch with enjoyment as white people ate gobs of saliva as though it were, say, oil and vinegar dressing. No, it was the New York Times. That's the best part of it. The best part about it is the New York Times doesn't even pay attention to what it prints. A day before. That's why there's so many contradictions and corrections and retractions in most mainstream uh, nudist outlets, news outlets, and naked outlets today. Life magazine in 1969 said this. Once Jesse Jackson told of his days as a waiter in his hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. Just before leaving the kitchen, he would spit into the food of the white patrons he hated and then smiling serve it to them. He did this, he said, because it gave him psychological gratification. Well, there it is. There it is. I'm wondering where this behavior comes from. It comes from these role models on the left. Well, Jesse Jackson did it. He's He's a great leader. I mean, he was spitting in food. Why shouldn't we spit in food? 800-282-2882. I'm Ken Matthews. I worked in a restaurant for three days. Three days in the late 70s. On the second day, I had to load out some a big vat of 
coleslaw. There was a roach swimming in it. I opened up. It's a five-gallon drum. You folks know in the restaurant business, you know what I'm talking about. I pulled it out, and I was just scooping into all these different ways so they can distribute these coleslaw. And there was a little roach swimming in it. And I said to the manager at the restaurant, I'm not going to mention the company because I don't want to have my career destroyed. <laughs> and I mentioned the manager. I said, there's a, there's a roach. This was in Florida, by the way. I'll mention the state. There was a roach swimming around in the vat of coleslaw. I said, there's a roach swimming in here. I mean, it was swimming around. It just totally grossed me out. Not to use a 13-year-old term, but... And he said, well, then take it out. I said, you want me to throw this vat out? He goes, no, serve it. And I said, that's it. Came home, told my parents, I don't know if I can serve roaches. I just don't know if that's the direction I want my career to take. I'd rather go into talk radio. 800-282-2882. Let's go to John in Rochester, Michigan. Welcome to the Rush Limbaugh Show, John. Well, thank you so much. And I just want you to know I, I really appreciate the, the uh, chance to engage you in, converse, in, in logical conversation, uh, which is uh, uh, rare nowadays. I, I just want to make a real quick uh, a, a side uh, uh, comment to you about George Will. Don't assume that he's smarter than most of us. Now, I'm a conservative, but uh, he panders to the D.C. elite. He's a swamp. Uh, a swamp rat. Agreed. But anyway, yeah, anyway, uh, back in 68, I remember having been a uh, 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 an 18-year-old about to go into college and being horrified at what I saw of Mayor Daley and his cops at the Chicago Convention in 68, okay, with their use of billy clubs, okay, against civil insurrection. But you know what? A lot of water has gone under the bridge since those days. Uh, 50 years or more later, and I see, I think there may be a, a, a use, of lim- a limited use of billy clubs to, uh, uh, to dissipate some of the civil insurrection that's going on nowadays. And, and unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of politically incorrect-induced reluctance on the part of average citizens nowadays to fight back against um, uh, a civil insurrection. And I'm just wondering how long is it going to take, how long do you think it's going to take before the average American citizen is going to say, enough, we've had enough, you know, you've got to do what you have to do to subdue this uh, unacceptable violence. John, that is such a great question. What I want to do is, and your take on it, you took me right back to 1968 when you were talking about your age and what was happening. And I remember watching on television and seen it many times since, the riots and stuff. Uh, I want to talk about that next because that's a great question. We'll be right back. You know, my friends, buried deep in the news cycle, you can still find stories of reported data breaches meaning massive uh, database sites of online consumer companies that have massive numbers of customers in their data. And those, those databases are constantly being hacked. And companies who are subject to these cyber attacks eventually admit when it's happened. It's, it may take them a month. It may take them two months, sometimes longer. But the reports don't get the news attention that they once did because they're more and more common. Cyber hackers have not stopped working during the pandemic. If anything, 
They've taken advantage of new weaknesses in the security lapses that happen when more and more employees are asked to work from home on computer equipment that's not properly protected. So there's a lot more vulnerability out there. So more data breaches translate to more identity theft. And that is when you become an unknowing victim. And that's why it's important that you learn as soon as you can that it's happened. It can cost you dollars, cost you time, mess up your financial world the longer it goes. Not to mention the sense of helplessness that comes with being a victim of this kind of crime. There's a solution to it, though, and that's called LifeLock, the best online identity theft protection you can get. More Americans than ever before now rely on it for good reason. Their systems monitor billions of transactions every day looking for evidence of identities that have been hacked and stolen and are being used illegally. And they find it. They alert members when they see this. So if you're a LifeLock member, you can confirm whether you got a problem on your hands or not. If you do, they work to fix it. Their restoration team doesn't stop till it's fixed. No one company is going to be able to prevent all identity theft. But I'm telling you, LifeLock has no... They've got competitors, but they don't have anybody that comes close to doing what they do. A lot of people try this, but nobody can do it like LifeLock. Sign up LifeLock today two ways. Buy a phone, 800-440-4833 or LifeLock.com. Either way, use my name when you sign up. Save 25% off your first year. It's 800-440-4833 or LifeLock.com. However you do it, make sure to use my name as the offer code. Make sure you mention Rush Limbaugh. More Americans than ever are LifeLock members, and there's a good reason for that. Like Rush was saying, cyber thieves are working hard to break into your databases and grab all the online stuff. And it's not just if you work at the, the Russian embassy or the, the Chinese consulate in Houston. So take that security seriously like LifeLock does. The Rush Limbaugh Show. My name's Ken Matthews, 282 John just had a great call from Rochester, Michigan. In fact, I was taking notes while he was talking because I knew we had to go into the uh, commercial break. And in 1968, he was a young man of 18, and he remembers some of the stuff that was going on in Chicago. It it was a turbulent year, if you think of just things that happened, the loss of um, MLK Jr. and and Bobby Kennedy and other civil rights leaders and just the turmoil and then in the overall uh war impact think about that think about people in 1968 that uh, they got up in the morning they wondered if their number would come up in the lottery if they were going to end up in vietnam so there was in 1968 there were real issues and he was talking about how repulsed he was by some of the use of the baton and the nightstick by the Chicago police, etc. And he said now, in hindsight, he believes this may be some of that use of force, controlled use of force, would be appropriate. And my comment is I couldn't agree more. In fact, now the training has been the training is so much better to control and contain people that want to destroy property or hurt other people. I don't think it was where it could have been then. And there was there was abuse of power then, and, and uh, unfortunately. But it was also instigated. That, to me, is the craziest crossroads right now that we're at, John. It's 2020, and I look around, and um, I don't see the issues that the news media 
is, are bringing up. I, I see vestiges of things, and I, th- I see things that need to be fixed, and I see flare-ups of injustice, and it all needs to be taken care of. Think back to the beginning of this George Floyd thing that set off, and his wasn't the only case, but that was the really the ignition switch for this latest rampage from the left. But nobody disagreed with that. I didn't hear anybody on either side, conservative, liberal, whatever, say, well, too bad for him. No, I heard people say that guy needs to be prosecuted. That cop was wrong. That was overreach. It was used over too much force. The guy was charged with murder. The officer was charged with murder within 10 days. That had to be the fastest indictment in history. So immediately steps were taken to fix and to hold accountable. And then you had all the companies jump on board and you had all the news people jump on board and all the academics jump on board. So it wasn't like it happened and everybody just ignored it. It happened and the whole country lurched into a response. And despite that, the left still is going to use it as an excuse to burn my country to the ground and your country to the ground. They don't like our country, so sometimes I'll just refer. Because sometimes people will say, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will often say, oh, it's my country too. And sometimes I wonder, don't you wonder when AOC talks about this being her country and she never has a good thing to say about it? It's just crazy. But yes, I, I agree. I think that force should be met with force. Why shouldn't it? Where is it written other than probably in Mayor Lightfoot's notebook in Chicago, uh, let several bricks hit cops in head before we do anything. Where is it written that police officers should just stand there? That's not what they're trained to do. If a police officer was standing there watching your family be attacked, you would be outraged. Yet you want police officers to stand there. I'm talking to the liberals now, especially leadership. You expect police officers to stand there while their brothers and sisters in the law enforcement community are attacked. It's ridiculous. And expecting that of anybody whose job it is to protect, it's just absurd. You can't demand that of people. We'll be back. I am thrilled to have you listening. I really appreciate it. I know Rush does, and he's planning on being back before the end of the week. It is treatment week, so... Just stand by. Stand by for EIB action. Uh, if for some reason he's not in tomorrow, Todd Herman's here uh, from Seattle. And that is that going to be a great update. Seriously, Seattle. It's funny how Seattle kind of fell off the map and then it went back and then Portland's back and then Chicago fell off the map. But Chicago is back. If you missed it earlier this morning, it's been confirmed. 100 federal officials heading to Chicago. Why, you say? Because liberals don't know how to keep you safe. (laughs) That's why. If you really want to know why. If you want to know why the grown-ups have to get sent in to do things. Well, to do almost everything. Liberal progressives are great for a few things. Making excuses. Blaming everything for anything. And that is the brilliance of the left. Tying in... Uh, I mean, have you ever seen anything like it? The ability to tie in the uh, Chinese Wuhan flu into global warming, 
into immigration, into Donald Trump. It's just all woven in together. Global warming causes this, and that causes that, therefore this, that. And at the end of the day, 5 plus 5 equals 36. So now conservatives and the Trump administration have to go into these cities that think about this, in the case of Portland, Oregon, 55 days in a row of violence and property destruction and injury every night. 55 days in a row. That resembles what happens in countries that are in a truce with an enemy within their boundary. Think about that. This is happening all over the country. You are just not seeing most of it because it cannot get out any more than it already has. It certainly, the truth has gotten out on this show for three decades or more. But it cannot get out to the American people the incompetence and how inept the leadership of the Democrat Party has become. And this is from uh, the state of Washington to, well, look at what's going on in Florida. Governor DeSantis, I happen to believe, is one of the best governors out there. And everybody's pushing against the guy. He wants to get your kids back to school. He wants to get your businesses open. And it's a constant lawsuit, attack, etc. 800-282-2882. Now, a minute ago, we were talking about 1968. And I'm so glad that John brought that up because for me personally, as a 50-something-year-old guy who was just a kid then, I, I do look back on that. And as a student of history, I'm familiar enough with these various touch points in history that Wow, that was a, a crazy time, and rightly so, having never been drafted, having never been in the military. I don't know what it's like to be in school, out of school, worried about being shipped off to a country where you don't know the language and everybody wants to hurt you, etc. But that said, I don't know what people are whining about now. No, I'm just being candid. I'm talking about the level of whining that's taking place now. And I found a guy, a gentleman in Huntington Beach, Huntington Beach, California, at a Trump rally. This is uh, less than 10 days ago. Somebody sent me, well, no, actually it was 10 days ago to the day. Someone sent me a video of it, and I'm very grateful for that. I appreciate it. If you ever want to send me videos and stuff, you can put it on my Facebook page, at Ken Matthews. Unless it's something that would get me in prison. In that case, I'm not going to touch it. But this is a great example. This is a Trump rally on one side of the street. You have this uh, very passionate black guy who's pro-Trump. And you have some and a group of pro-Trumpers with an American flag. And it's interesting how there's always an American flag at a Trump-related event. And so often they're burning or doing worse things to an American flag at a leftist event. Isn't that weird? Anyway, across the street, there are some young people of color yelling at the Trumpers about how horrible the Trumpers have made it and how horrible America is. And I just want to share some of that with you because he really sums it up beautifully. has not gone through anything. And she ain't been through no racism. Nobody's treated her bad. In a black neighborhood, 
black on black crime is real and most of them are dying from black crimes. White people aren't doing anything to them. White people voted Barack Obama in for eight years. Eight years. Everything that the blacks could be crying about should have did it on his watch. And they didn't. I'm black, 52, I'm not oppressed. Ain't nobody oppressing me. America is more free than it's ever been. What he said. 800-282-2882. You're probably thinking, gosh, why didn't we hear that on the mainstream news? That was pretty powerful stuff. Because it goes against the narrative. You know that if you listen to Rush. But think about that. There are millions of people out there like that. There are millions of people out there. People of color, people that are not of color, and they don't see color. They see American, Americanism, American founding principles, American opportunity. I get so excited when I hear that because it reminds me how great our country is and how it's getting better every day. We're working every day to fix things. We do not have to burn things and break things and hurt people to fix things. We've come too far. The burning and the breaking and that is in the past. I don't know why the left clings to it. The only thing I could see is that this is your only option because you're out of good ideas. Not that you ever had any, but you're out of ideas that hold water. So that's what you're going to do. That's why so many people are worried about mail-in voting. Because I think the turnout... For President Trump, based on what's happening today and yesterday and the week before, from Chicago to Portland to Miami, I think the turnout's going to be huge. I think people, fortunately, and thank God for this, fortunately, people were able to see over three years of a Donald Trump administration. I mean, I thank God every day that the Democrats didn't pull the trigger on these shenanigans the week Trump was elected because then they could they could blame him for everything. You know, like Nancy did yesterday on MSNBC saying this is the Trump virus. No, it's not. It's the Chinese virus. And Trump made the right decision. And up until six months ago, we had the greatest economy in what? More than 50 years. And I think most people are smart enough to see that. They saw the success record and they see the effort that people on the left are making to manipulate these facts. Nothing is more damaging to trying to solve these problems than exaggerating certain aspects of them. Is COVID an issue? Is it a problem? Of course it is. Are injustices in law enforcement a problem? Of course they are. Do we need better training? Of course. Safety, vaccines, all these things, of course. But to purposely try to keep people in a state of fear, anxiety, and hate every day just because your girl lost in 2016, and that's the crux of it. That's the crux of it. I still run into people that are upset. Hillary should have won. Why? By the way, her and uh, Chelsea were at a book thing yesterday, whining about Trump. A book thing. Is she trying to sell another book? Mike, is she trying to sell another book? Her last two books were terrible. I could barely get through them. The only reason I pushed myself through them is so I could say I read them. And let me tell you, they're terrible. 
She's no Roger Stone, let me say that. That guy can write a book. 800-282-2882. Let's go to Ray in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Welcome to the EIB Network, Ray. Hey, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I want to go back to a point you were talking about earlier, and it kind of dovetails into the sentiment you were just speaking about in terms of fear loathing and things of that nature. And that is the uh, the vaccine that uh, that we're trying to develop, the Operation Warp Speed, which it seems like they've really got this thing ready to roll if the vaccine proves to be effective. Um, no matter what, we all know that the media and the Democrats will not allow Trump to have any kind of success dealing with this vaccine or anything else like that. We could have a perfect vaccine. And the Democrats will, will whine and complain about how it was rushed, how it's unsafe, it's not the right vaccine, it's not appropriate, we're gonna get, you're going to die if you take it. So I think we need to be prepared for that kind of thing coming forward. What do you think? I think it's a great point, Ray. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you called and, and reminded people of that, because that's what, that's what President Trump is up against. And when you really want to, if you want to measure, and again, I, I thank you for your call, if you want to measure the the achievement of President Trump, how can you measure it fairly knowing the press that Obama got, the press coverage that he received over eight years of Obamianism? It was a love fest. It was, let's go to the chapel of the Obamasiah every day. And when, like two days after Donald Trump said, I'm going to be running for president of the United States. The the attack started and it's 24 seven every day. And despite that, the guy still gets his job done. That proves he's a professional. I got to tell you, some of the attacks that man gets, I'd be curled up in bed. I'd be curled up on the floor watching Netflix till midnight every night, eating ice cream, maybe even sleeping in. We'll be right back. Exciting news. We just found out it wasn't a book. It wasn't a book that that Hillary and uh, Chelsea were pitching just 24 hours ago. And sometimes it's hard to understand for all the poking fun people make about Donald J. Trump's ego or his disposition or whatever. I don't even think he is in the same league with the self-love of the Clintons or the Obamas. That is a league that is so... Here's the example. What Hillary was promoting yesterday was a new alternative history drama series. Do you realize they're not even... They're, they're openly now calling it alternative history. That's what liberals teach anyway. But now they're openly calling it. This is from Deadline Magazine. It's regarding a new Hulu series. It's going to be called Rodham. Remember Hillary Rodham Clinton? She was Rodham early on before marrying Bill. Rodham is an alternative history drama series about Hillary Clinton at Hulu. Now, 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 now. Here's what it's going to be about. It imagines an alternative history where Hillary Rodham never married Bill Clinton. And at what would have happened to her life in our country 
if she made a different choice. Ken Matthews said, who gives a damn? But I guess there were some people out there that do. Rodham tells the story of an ambitious young woman developing her extraordinary mind in the latter part of the 20th century. I'm not making this up. This is right in front of me. This is the self-love of Hillary Clinton that will never end. She'll be 90 and she'll still be on Stephen Colbert's program. Oh, I wish you would have gotten elected. Oh, me too. You could so be president right now. Here, let me help you with this, Walker. This is just, oh, it's from the person that, uh, the co-creator of the affair, which is kind of ironic, is it not? (laughs) The the writer that wrote the show called The Affair is going to be producing The Fantasy. So this would imagine, for people who are new to Hillary Clinton, uh, I know that the news media doesn't really kiss her butt much, but if you're new to her... She is the woman that, you know, she was a a feminist and she doesn't take any garbage from anybody unless it's her husband who's a governor and then a president. She'll put up with anything to get the power, which she did. You know how Hillary Clinton would have won my respect if she would have divorced Bill Clinton, the first affair. You would have had my respect, Madam, whatever you are now, secretary, uh, first lady, whatever. You would have my respect. I would have been like, whoa. This woman's serious. She doesn't take anything. But you just proved you're just like every other political insider elitist. You want the money. You want the power. You're willing to do anything to get it. And you're willing to put up with anything to get it. And you're willing to destroy anyone to get it. So you're going to change all that. See the beauty of what they just did? And they even call it. Oh, did you see the new Rodham thing? It's about Hillary. That's what people are going to say. They're going to say it's about Hillary. But it's not. It's if she was a independent, powerful woman that didn't need Bill to help launch her career. That's what it is. And no one's allowed to say that. And if they said it on The View, you wouldn't be able to find anybody from The View. So she's going to be on The View, and then all the ladies from The View are going to be like, Oh my God, this is wonderful. No, it's not. It's alternative history. But the question is, how long are we going to keep hearing about the Clintons? When is that going to end? It's just a nonstop. Is that all that the mainstream media has? Let's do something about the Clintons, and then we can do that thing about the Obamas. And then over on the History Channel, we can do that Bill Clinton special. You do know that the the Obamas are with Netflix, And you do know that Hillary is developing a project with the History Channel. And now Hulu's doing her fantasy if she didn't marry the pig, Bill. That's not the subtitle. That's me talking. I'm Ken Matthews. We'll be right back. So a moment ago, uh, it just seemed like uh, two commercials ago, didn't it? A moment ago, we were talking about the new fantasy history of Hillary Clinton. Another effort to redesign and change history and and mojo said in my headset he said for years millions of americans thought the west wing was real and i almost forgot about that and then if you recall when the hillary clinton rumors of presidency again you know she ran 13 times madam secretary remember they got Taya leone who i'm a big fan of to play madam secretary 
So anything goes. It's some fantasy history that some lazy leftist teacher will will believe because everybody thought those were based on truth. Well, look, they must be based on Hillary. I mean, it's Taylioni. I mean, we brought in George Clooney to play Jerry Nadler. How could it be fake? 800-282-2882. Coming up, what it would be like if we all just started our own private police department. You're going to want to stick around for that because that might be happening in some progressively leftist-run cities. Also, my guest, in less than an hour, Larry Elder. I can't wait to have Mr. Elder on to talk about the great new film, Uncle Tom. So a friend of mine said, why don't we just have private police departments? We have private security, we have private this, private that. And I said, no, it doesn't work that way because constitutionally, and when you look at state constitutions and cities and things of that nature... Not necessarily townships, but and counties and their law enforcement. You need law enforcement to protect the population for obvious reasons. I mean, we're seeing it now as 100 federal officers go to Chicago to support the police as federal officers have been in Portland, Oregon. By the way, uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time to get to the soundbite today, but the the uh, governor of. Oregon said, hey, you guys need to leave, okay? You've worn out your welcome. What? Haven't enough buildings burned? What? <laughs> Have you seen the video? For- no, you probably haven't, actually, because this is radio and the ditto cam isn't on. But let me tell you, if the news media, if they were really journalists, and most of them are not, but if they were This would be some of the most exciting footage many people have even seen this entire generation outside of some of the horrible combat images from overseas. But this is rioting and destruction on par with what, sadly, we saw in the 60s. But it's being covered up because everything goes through the filter. How will it hurt Trump? How will it help Biden? How will it hurt this? How will it help that? Etc. Such a shame. But in response to maybe we should just get private police departments, you know, just start your own. I don't know if that is such a good idea. Here's what I mean. Well, for two cops to show up to defend you, just to. Hmm. Hello, Clark's cops. Oh, someone's breaking into your house right now. Okay, so for two cops to show up to defend you, just to be there with the president with sirens is seventy nine ninety seven. Do you want them to be armed? Okay, that's another $149.97. And I need to pay $79.97 for each cop that shows up to your house. That's two cop minimum. Uh, so it's about $160. So total, you're looking at $497.97 for a cop, two cops to come there and, and assist you, but they're not allowed to fire their weapon. If you want them to fire their weapon, that's another $997.97. Plus $40.38 for every round. They're breaking in right now? Where's your credit card? All right, you can wire to us, but we're not going to be able to come out until the wire's complete. Oh, they're choking you? Are you dead? All right, we lost another one. You know, it's interesting because as I was listening to that goofy parody by Rob Clark on Facebook, and I put it on my page, at Ken Matthews, I was thinking about how many times have you called your insurance company? You're not sure if you've paid or not. Have you ever been in that situation somewhere in life where you're between payments or between whatever, and you call and you say, yeah, this uh, whatever, big tree fell on my car. 
They go, hold on a second. Hold on. Oh, you know what? Your payment didn't come until Monday, so uh, that doesn't go into effect tomorrow, until tomorrow. I mean, is that what you want law enforcement to be like? Is that what you really want? Do you really want police officers to get to a point where they say, you know what? Let them deal with it themselves. I don't feel like responding to that neighborhood because I don't want to get hit in the head with a brick and I don't want my car firebombed. I don't think people want that. I, truly. I know no one personally that wants that. Now, maybe someone in a gated community that's loaded, that's worth $50 million or $50 billion, or they have their own security team, and they're never affected like this. I'm talking like John Kerry money or Bill Gates money or Elon Musk money. Maybe they don't need or they're not concerned with law enforcement or response times, but most Americans are. And most Americans support law enforcement, and that's what you need to know if you're a police officer, and you probably know that. Because if you just watch CNN or MSNBC or your local leftist affiliate, whoever they may be, you may not get that impression. But i got to tell you, the majority of Americans, regardless of party, stand for the flag. They love this country. They love capitalism. They're proud to be an American. The majority of Americans worship God. This is just stuff that you don't see through the prism of leftist media. Let's grab another call from Texas, McKinney, Texas. This is Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. You're on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for taking my call. I am a lifer and a first-time caller, and I'm 52 years old, and I started listening to Rush in the late 80s um, when I was attending a very, I know, a very Marxist experimental university in San Francisco. Uh, So I know Marxism and socialism very, very well. And all of the things that I have thought about have been mentioned by Rush or his callers, the A's ribbons, Angela Davis, all of these things. I'm calling because I now live in Texas, by the grace of God, and Governor Abbott, who is a wonderful governor, he has just recently mandated mask wearing across the state of Texas. And I truly think this was brilliant. So this is a question for you, too. Um, I want to hear your opinion. I think that if governors, the reason I think they should mandate mask wearing is because it will stop some of people policing each other. The danger with policing each other is that the fear leads to anger, leads to rage, leads to violence. I experience it every time I travel to California. If for various, uh, what I like to call their own religious beliefs out there, and the fear and the pressure to conform is just palpable. And so there's all these opportunities for policing, not just mask wearing. You the contact tracing. Maybe we can have civilians start taking on roles that police officers take. It is a very insidious uh, habit or a, if, it, if, if it happens, what happens is people desire and welcome government control. Okay. It's just a horrifying thing. Um, so Californians police each other over all kinds of things. I'll just give you an example. A friend works at Stanford. She's terrified to even go to Rush Limbaugh's website during her lunch hour because she's afraid alarms are going to go off. Coworkers go by her desk to just make sure that she's recycling properly. You know, um, you know, I get, you know, imagine um, a mom in a minivan. 
just we're just driving down the freeway. And if I have my phone, my cell phone up to my ear, every time I do this, it's against the law in California to have your cell phone up to your ear. I get just average moms in minivans raging at me through through the car, screaming at me. And so my point is, is that with everybody wearing a mask, nobody's judging each other, calling for people to go to boycott uh, businesses who don't mandate masks, et cetera. So uh, it's a very insidious thing. And so that's that's I want to know what your thought is. On that. Mm. Well, thank thank you, Carolyn. Uh, Wow, that was a lot of stuff. You you covered so much, but what you were describing in California, uh, California, excuse me, as you described it, it sounded like stories that I heard from my relatives in Hungary under the Russians or elsewhere in Eastern Europe or in the Soviet Union or in in uh, Nazi Germany or Venezuela now or the Middle East. And that's basically um, the leftist, the government, the overreachers say, we will reward you if you rat out fellow, in this case, Americans, or we'll punish you if you don't. Now, I understand your reasoning for a positive take on mandating mask. The reason I don't want mask mandated is because initially everybody was on board with the mask to remember the term flatten the curve way back four months ago or however long it was. And then everyone played and we flattened the curve. And then I appreciated the fact that people were saying it's optional. I understand what you're saying. You're saying that if we're all consistent with the mask, the left basically won't find anything to whine about. And I don't know if I buy into that because I think that most leftists would be whining about the kind of mask or how you're wearing it. Or I just think that the left will always find something trivial to whine about. And I uh, I appreciate the freedom For example, in Florida, now I don't know if it's, I know it's mandated in public places. I I don't wear a mask walking down the street in the car. Um, Oh, I went into a Wawa today for my friends in PA. You know, they have Wawas in Florida now, which is a big deal. My parents don't understand what a big deal having a Wawa in Florida is if you're used to Wawa up in Pennsylvania or whatever your thing is, Cumberland Farms or Sheets or 7-Eleven around the country. And in Wawa, uh, m- most people had it on because they asked, please wear it. And, and I, I do it out of respect to fellow Americans. I, I never want to go out of my way and make people uncomfortable or hurt them. Now, if they're offended, tough. If I was worried about offending people, I wouldn't be in talk radio. But I don't ever want to cause a problem. So if someone says, look, if you're going to come up to the deli counter or you're going to come into our grocery store, we'd appreciate you wear a mask. When I was driving down here, I stopped at Waffle House for the first time in 20 years because in Florida, there's 72 million Waffle Houses. Yes, there are. And they said they all had masks on. They were very welcoming. I had mine on. I said, would you prefer I wear my mask? And they said, no, that's fine. We'll wear ours. And we've got everybody distanced. So I'm more in the, well, I think that we can make our own decisions. I understand what you were saying. Everything you said, I agree with a thousand percent, and I am disgusted by the level of, quote, 
Everybody wants to be a deputy. Everybody wants to be a uh, policeman. But the sad reality is nobody likes a rat. And if you're going to rat me out because of recycling or something at work, that to me is despicable. But in the same breath, Carolyn, if you had a business and you said to me, please wear a mask, we're concerned about safety, I would be one of the first people to put it on. My problem is, like millions of Americans, in many parts of the country, we don't need it. It's not based on science. And we've already been told numerous times by very reliable sources that it doesn't work most of the time, especially with viruses. And I even heard my own senator in Pennsylvania say, Senator Bob Casey, well, when we wear the mask, we let people know that we care. And I thought to myself, you just summed up a third of the people wearing masks. They're wearing masks so they could say to Carolyn, Put your mask on, Carolyn, because I'm wearing my mask. This is the Rush Limbaugh Show. We'll be right back. It's the Rush Limbaugh Show. My name's Ken Matthews, in for America's Anchorman on the EIB Network. Tomorrow, if Rush isn't in, Todd Herman will be taking over from noon to 3 from Seattle. I'm sure he'll have a great liberal Seattle update. You can always move to Portland or maybe over to the Bronx. It's your choice. It's a great country. 800-282-2882. Larry Elder is my guest in about 10 minutes or so right here. And and I'm thrilled about it. I've been a a fan of Mr. Elder for quite some time. I've read most of what he's written. And and he's just a he's a very um, I would call him a contemporary thinker. He really has a handle on what's happening today, not just what you see in the news, but the movie Uncle Tom. And you can find it at UncleTom.com. I, I saw it the day it came out. I even bought the DVDs for my kids. It's a beautiful film. And uh, actually, I was talking to uh, the engineer here in my secret location in Florida, uh, talking to Mick about it. And we were just saying what a what a cool thing this would be if they would show it in middle schools and high schools and colleges. And I said, why not think of some of the stuff they show in in high school, and I'm a former substitute teacher, and I thought I was going to pass out when a science teacher had assigned the movie An Inconvenient Truth by that bozo, billionaire bozo, I might add, he's very rich, Al Gore, An Inconvenient Truth, which has been proven repeatedly to be false. So it truly is inconvenient for him to tell the truth. But that was in the class in high school. Okay, we're going to watch this, and we're going to ask questions about it. And So I would challenge you. In fact, I'm going to challenge you now, because when Larry's on, I want to ask him other questions. But I'm going to challenge you as an educator. When you get a permission slip from your leftist governor to go back to school in 2028, bring that movie, Uncle Tom, and show it to the class. See if they'll process it because it's it's very it's a it's a really powerful film and we'll be talking about it in less than 10 minutes uh what else oh yes in the meantime i want to grab uh yeah we have time to talk to jay in toronto canada of course we do jay welcome to the rush limbaugh show thanks very much rush is actually a great great person i've listened to him for many years and he's made United States and the world a better place, so I wish him well. Uh, I just wanted to say really quick, you're from Pennsylvania, very similar to Ontario. 
unless I'm completely missing the boat here, I know you Americans pretty good because I have lots of family in the States. There's no way you're voting for Joe Biden for your president. Not a chance. Unless, you know, overnight you've all become communist soy boys or something. (laughs) There's there's not a chance. I see this guy, and I mean this with respect, because the guy's been in public life. He, He reminds me of The Walking Dead. It's like seeing a zombie. And... I, they say he's leading in the polls. Are you kidding me? Uh, America, I've always perceived you guys and girls as winners. And they say, oh, women are not going to vote for Trump. You're telling me whether single or married that a woman is going to marry for Joe Biden, uh, vote for Joe Biden, knowing that he's going to make her family poor, whether she's single or married. There's going to be less jobs, less family income. The streets are going to be more dangerous. The cities are going to be burning. There's not a chance Biden's going to win. So and don't, don't, for, don't forget, don't forget, Jay, Joe Biden, uh, he's going to take away a woman's gun and he may even, you know, touch her daughter's, you know, shoulder or smell her hair if she's 13. So exactly. you're right. And, you, you're right. Yeah, Joe Biden is the wrong yeah. guy. <laughs> and they get, you know, apoplectic if Trump makes a, a Twitter comment that's a bit rude. Give me a break. Vote for Trump again, please. Don't vote for the zombie Biden. Please. Thank you. Well, Biden. thank you, Jay. And there that was uh, the paid forth by the ambassador of Canada. No, I'm just kidding. Jay is not. He just he's in Canada. But th- it's interesting that. This is an individual that lives in another country, and this is that perception. Uh, one of the biggest things, and I, I'm not well-traveled as of late, so I haven't been out of the country in the last 15 years. But I get, I, I know a lot of people that travel out of the country. Perhaps you do. Perhaps you are now, like Jay, or elsewhere. And I get tired of the left. I get tired of people like Don Lemon or uh, people on The View or on morning news television saying, Oh, my God, the people in Europe, they just think horrible things about Have You know, the French just think, well, number one, who gives a damn what they think? Why are you obsessed? Who cares what the French think? You've got bigger problems than Donald Trump's tweets. Trust us. Europe, you have bigger problems than Donald Trump's tweets. So I don't even care what you think, but I think they're off. I remember as far back when I had friends that they one guy commuted for business several times a year to France. And people always used to say, oh, my God, the world just hates George Bush. They don't like George Bush. But he said people bought the George Bush cowboy hats and they loved George Bush. They loved the swagger and the energy of Americans. And I get that from people that I know in other countries. I, it, so this myth of not only do Joe and Mika not like us, the ambassador of whatever doesn't like us. Well, number one, who cares? But I'm telling you right now, ladies, you better keep an eye on Joe Biden if you have a 13 or 14 year old daughter, because she's going to get a neck massage that she may not want. We'll be right back. The Rush Limbaugh Show and my pleasure to welcome Mr. Larry Elder. And, sir, I have been a fan of yours for a long time. I've read just about everything you've written. I saw Uncle Tom the day it uh, came out online and I loved it. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. The, the film is exceeding my expectations. You know, you do something and you have a, a likely case scenario, maybe really good case scenario, and spectacularly good case scenario. It's exceeded that. It's been amazing. It is. It, you know what it is? It is a wonderful American film, 
that happens to showcase so many wonderful people in the African-American community. It's a, it's a it's a double bonus. And I, I've said this before. I said it the day I saw it. Uh, this should be people should be viewing this now. This is a film that needs to be seen today and it would change what's happening in in our culture i think it would i I think it really would the film is called uncle tom and you can see it of course on UncleTom.com, and it's about the grief that uh, black conservatives like Candace Owens and and uh, people who are not known, like the sort of the heart and soul of the film, a guy named Chad Jackson, who is a contractor in Dallas. And Ken, he's a lifelong Democrat, a Christian, and he made some critical comments one time to a fellow Christian about Republicans, and that fellow Christian challenged him to read the party platforms of the Democratic Party and Republican Party platform. He'd never done it. After he did it, he said... I'm a Republican, and it's about the grief that he got from friends and family simply for suggesting that maybe, just maybe, we ought to rethink our allegiance to the Democratic Party. After all, this is a party that does not care about borders, and there are studies that show unskilled illegal aliens compete for jobs that would otherwise be held by unskilled black and brown workers. We've seen all the the bad public schools, and one party, the Republican Party, wants to give you an option out. Maybe we ought to be talking to the party that wants to give us the option away from an underperforming public school. You've got 13 public high schools in Baltimore where zero percent of kids can do math at grade level. Now, you're living within a certain geographical uh, radius of one of those schools. You're mandated to go to that school, and Republican Party wants to give you an, an option out, and we're pulling that lever like lemmings for the Democratic Party. Maybe just maybe we ought to rethink this. And the point really, Ken, is when people like myself and some of the people in the film, Brandon Tatum and uh, Reverend uh, Brolin, Stephen Brolin, and uh, uh, Tom Soule, a rapper named Kingface, uh, Bob Whitson, Carol Swain, when we raise these questions, instead of it sparking what you would expect and hope would be a healthy debate within the black community about the best policies to advance the country in general and the best policies to advance the black community in particular, we're called Uncle Tom's and, and, and Coons and things I can't say on family radio. It's ridiculous. And all the movie says is, can we... As Americans have the ability to be free to think and to, in good faith, reach different opinions without one side being maligned and, and excluded from the conversation as Uncle Tom's. And and the thing that is so powerful about it, and you, you mentioned Carol Swain, and I'm a big fan of uh, Professor Swain as well. She's brilliant, and Thomas Sowell is probably one of the most brilliant thinkers ever, of especially of our generation. And you yourself, Mr. Elder, have been a, a role model for millions of conservatives in particular people of color that are they're afraid to push the boundaries of debate because of what you just said they'll be demonized ostracized what do you where do you think we are do you think we're moving in the right direction under a president trump administration do you think that things are going to change once the dust settles from where we are now I think they've already changed, Ken. I think that right now, if the vote were held today, Donald Trump would get at least 50, maybe 100 percent more than he got in 2016, which would be pretty substantial. Look, before the pandemic and our response to it, you're talking about historic low unemployment for black people. This man pardoned Jack Johnson, the first black heavyweight champion. Barack Obama didn't do that. And Jack Johnson was railroaded. He was uh, consorting with white women. Uh, He allegedly violated what's called the Mann Act, which is a law that forbids you from taking a woman across state lines, 
quote, for illicit purposes. It was a bogus prosecution, and even Obama didn't pardon him. Uh, this man, uh, Donald Trump, has spent more money on historically black colleges. He spent more money on so-called enterprise zones. He's doing something about immigration. I've talked to you earlier about the impact of that. And for crying out loud, he supports choice in school. I went to Crenshaw High School in L.A. That's the high school that was a center of the movie Boys in the Hood. And right mm-hmm. now, 3% three, three of kids at my high school can do math at grade level, honestly. And it's a Crip school, meaning it's run by the gang called the Crips. I know that because Ice-T later on went to my high school and told me he chose it because he wanted to go to a Crip school. Now, all of the conservatives in this film believe that we ought to be talking about school choice. We're not listened to. Imagine if Donald, if uh, Walter Williams and Tom Sowell, who've been talking about choice for 30 or 40 years, had been listened to. We might have moved the ball so that we don't have these horrific dropout rates. We don't have schools where even those who do often graduate in the inner city cannot read, write, and compute at grade level, have to have remedial courses uh, in junior college or four-year college. I think one of the most frustrating things is you, you mentioned Walter Williams, another another brilliant thinker, and it it's it's an injustice that academia and the news media does not share the messages of some of these men and women because these are American messages. They're not just race at only. They're American messages, but because this is so left leaning. And the Democrats need certain groups to behave a certain way. I think so often messages like your own get shortchanged, like your book should be required reading in high school. Well, David Mamet, the playwright, said that Thomas Sowell, he credits Thomas Sowell with helping him change from, quote, being a brain-dead liberal. That's his phrase, not mine. Uh, and calls Thomas Sowell America's greatest contemporary philosopher. And a lot of people, especially black people, have no idea who he is. The, probably the most important magazine for decades, no longer as significant, was Ebony Magazine. Every black home had a copy of that on the coffee table. And every year they had a feature called the 100 Most Influential Black Americans. And every year, absent from that list, were Thomas Sowell, never mind, he's published about 57 some odd books, uh, and Walter Williams, who to my knowledge is the only black man ever to head the economics department of a non-black college or university. Yet many black people have no idea who they are because the black media completely ignores them. And you look at the way Ben Carson was treated, uh, Herman Cain is treated, and it's just, uh, what is the solution to this? I mean, how do, how do we get more people to people see... Yeah, People have to wake up, and as you know, the movie talks a lot about the history of the Republican Party and the history of the Democratic Party, and many people don't even realize Democrats opposed the 13th Amendment, the 14th Amendment, the 15th Amendment. Democrats founded the KKK. As a percentage of the party, more Republicans voted for the Civil Rights Act of 1964 than Democrats, and the Democrats respond by saying there was this big switch in the mid-60s, you know, like Peyton Manning saying, Omaha, and all of a sudden all the racist, <laughs> all, all, all the racist Democrats joined the Republican Party. The problem with that theory is... Is if you look at all the Democrats who voted against the Civil Rights Act in the Senate and the House and ask yourself how many of them switched to Republicans, one in the Senate, one in the House. Uh, and the first Republican to be elected from the, to the Senate uh, in Tennessee from, since Reconstruction was a, a, a Republican named Howard Baker who was pro-integration. It is a lie that all of a sudden all the racists left the Democratic Party in the 60s uh, and joined the Republican Party. It's a lie that the, that, the, that the Democrats have been pushing, and we deal with that in the movie Uncle Tom. And you see it with, uh, you know, Candace Owens is a good example of a, of a millennial conservative success story, a very articulate, energetic uh, conservative. I, I had the pleasure of speaking with her uh, in Philadelphia. And I, you know, you were talking about something 
when you were talking about the positive things that President Trump is doing for communities of color in all of America, I had the honor to interview in person in, in Washington, D.C., the niece of Martin Luther King Jr., which was just I was sitting right across from history, Alveda King. And the things she was saying were exactly what you are saying. Why aren't people on the left and leftist leaders, especially leaders of color in the Democrat Party, embracing these American foundational principles that you and, and your colleagues have embraced? Because the Democratic Party has convinced black people that they are under siege, that they're perpetual victims. And by the way, these guys over here, these guys in the dark trench coats are called Republicans and they're racist. And so black people are not thinking about the quality of, of schools. Black people are not thinking about the crime in their own neighborhoods. They're not thinking about the impact of the economy because of porous borders. They're thinking about uh, racism, racism, racism. When, in fact, Obama's election and re-election should have put the fork in the notion that racism uh, is a big enough impediment to stop anybody who's talented and willing to work hard. My God, this man came from nowhere, had a name nobody could pronounce, middle name Hussein from Hawaii. He takes down Hillary. He takes down John McCain. Uh, he takes down Mitt Romney for re-election. Uh, and with, by the way, he got elected with 52% of the vote, but by the time he walked into the White House, his numbers were almost at 70%. How does that happen? Because so many Americans thought the guy that they were voting for was the guy who was on Steve Croft on 60 Minutes before he got elected, when Croft said to him, Senator, if you don't win this race, will it be because of racism? And I sat back in and I said, let's see how this man answers this question. Let's see if he gets a Jesse Jackson or an Al Sharpton type answer or what. And he said, no, if I don't win, it will be because I, I failed to articulate a vision that the American people can embrace. And I said, hallelujah. But he got in, what happened? The Cambridge police acted stupidly. If I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Oh my goodness, we've got problems too. It's called Ferguson. He invites Al Sharpton to the White House a bunch of times. He hires Eric Holder, who lectures us about race and racism, and says things like, when it comes to race, America has been a nation of cowards. All because the politician Obama knows, Ken, he's got to make black people angry to get that 95% black vote. But you think he's telling Sasha and Malia that racism is going to hold them back? You think he's really doing that? No way. This man thought of himself as a world beater. That's why he ran for president, and that's why he got elected. He knows it's nonsense. And I wonder sometimes, Ken, honestly, how this man sleeps at night peddling this poison to his people while knowing full well that his success shows you what you can do in America if you try. It is. That is uh, and what a great thing to wrap up on, because that is a great American success story. And, and one thing that and you pointed it out brilliantly, uh, President Barack Obama played the race card. He just did it very eloquently. <laughs> he did it in speeches. Every, 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 every bit as dastardly as Al Sharpton, but far more eloquently, which makes him far more dangerous. Yes. So the website is UncleTom.com. Any other uh, advice so how we can get more people to see this movie? I, I told I don't know if you heard, but I bought DVDs for my sons after I saw it online. No, yeah. Don't just, just go to the website and tell your friends. But more than that, tell independents and liberals. They're the ones who need to see this film. Ken, you didn't learn anything new, but a lot of people will. Well, thank you so much. Keep up the good fight. Larry Elder, God bless you, and, and thanks for calling in, sir. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back. The Rush Limbaugh Show, wrapping up Hour 3, 800-282-2882. I'm Ken Matthews. What a blast. Last couple of days. Let's uh, squeeze in another call. Oh, right up the road here, Winter Park, Florida. Uh, Christiane, welcome to the Rush Limbaugh Show. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for taking my call. I'm calling because I, yesterday, was so excited to see President Trump going ahead and doing another briefing 
And I found myself, after the briefing, thinking, oh, my gosh, deja vu. It felt like a George W. Bush moment. Um, and I guess my question or comment is, um, how does he get out of this box that the Democrats have put him in? It's like the COVID box. And I read an article by Victor Davis Hanson that essentially said, you know, if, if Trump's going to win, he needs to get in front of this. And he needs to have a panel of independent medical professionals who can bring forth the facts that the death rate is low and bring those charts that he had a graph up yesterday and we could never actually see it. Um, so I guess how, how is he going to get out of this, this box um, without presenting the facts. And even the masks, I felt like I'm one of his voter base, and, um, you know, people are now saying, oh, well, now he's, he's for it. There, there are lots of studies that show, you know, the health risks of masks by medical professionals, but we just have government officials and no independent medical professionals. Well, I think, first of all, Victor David Hansen nailed it. Uh, I do believe that the more Donald Trump is seen and heard, uh, managing the COVID issue, managing the issues in Portland as far as safety of citizens and deployment of uh, federal officials and things like that. The more he's hands-on and he's demonstrating that he cares and he's going to pull things together, I think the better off he is. But I agree with you a thousand percent. He needs to get more people to map out the facts for us because he has to fight against the news media every day. So when he does something good, they don't cover it. When he does it bad, they exaggerate it. And when facts come out that go against their narrative, we never hear about them. So he's really the only portal where we get facts. I would love to see more fact-based professionals from the medical industry on his Twitter feed. I don't know about your thought on that, but I would love to see, you know, I just spoke with Dr. So-and-so and and he said the following. And that way, these facts would start getting out because I think he has 80 million followers. But if he relies on the news media to be fair, what's that? Yeah, so I I feel like, you know, as Rush always says, he has a, you know, a very educated audience and we do our own research. And there's so much out there. you know, even the, on the CDC website, they're saying, with the death rate as it is, is this even considered a pandemic anymore? And nobody's hearing any of that. And it's very frustrating to I know. read study after study. And, you know, we, we pay attention. And, you know, this thing with the masks, too, I, I heard your other caller regarding Texas. And our children are going back to school with masks on their face. And Many of us have read studies, but that's not in their best interest because they're healthy and not vectors for yep. them, but we're not presented with that information. I agree. I think what we need to do, and I, I have to, I have a hard break, but I want to thank you for calling. What we need to do is keep sharing the information, and hopefully this, uh, some of this stuff, and I, I know that uh, there's a lot of smart people in the, in the Trump administration that tune into the Rush Limbaugh show, hopefully uh, smart comments and informed Callers like yourself, these uh, things trickle up to what they're doing. Because I, I agree. I, I think uh, putting healthy children in masks, it just it's going to take its toll psychologically and health-wise. But again, I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on the radio. I'm Ken Matthews. We'll be right back. Well, I hope you have a, a great rest of the week. 
My name's Ken Matthews, and it's always a thrill and an honor and a pleasure to be talking to you because you are in Rush Limbaugh's audience, and uh, we wish him well. He should be back before the end of the week. If not, Todd Herman will be in uh, tomorrow. In the meantime, I can't stress enough, check out the website, UncleTom.com. Larry Elder's new movie on there. It is, it's a beautiful American movie that, well, get it for the kids, and and get it for some of your friends that uh, are on the fence about which way to vote uh, in this particular election. think you're going to like it. Be well. God bless. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.